Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Total Disaster, the Home Makeover Program. I'm your host this evening, Kyle Ferris. Now, Kyle, don't confuse the listeners. And me. This is really youth radio, and I'm your slightly saner host, Lucia Martinez. Aw, Lucia, you're taking all the fun out of the show. No, I'm not. Oh, right. Forget you. Let's move on to our next segment. Wait, what is our next segment? Sane. Right. Tonight we have several radio stories from our youth affiliates from around the country. And Kyle has his second ever Conspiracy Corner. But first, Jaren has some music to start out the evening for us. First off, we have the Mamas and the Papas off of vinyl with California Dreamin'. Now for the second time in youth radio history, we have Kyle's Conspiracy Corner, which is when Kyle's paranoid mind makes up imaginary conspiracies regarding oil, large corporations, and Bill Gates. Here he is with his latest obsession regarding military recruitment. It has been a long time, but we want you to know that we haven't abandoned the conspiracies. Reviving youth radio time-honored tradition, well, all right, we only did it once, but anyway... It is time for Kyle's Conspiracy Corner. For new listeners or listeners who don't remember this segment, the Conspiracy Corner is a piece where I explore my paranoid views of the world, because after all, the government really is out to get us. Have you ever considered a position in the United States Army? Do you look for challenges, rewarding experiences, and incredibly painful ways to die? I received a letter that looked something like this just a few days ago. I was initially confused as to how the Army managed to obtain my address, so I decided to do a little bit of research. What I found was quite revealing. Did you know that schools are required to give your children's contact information to military recruiters? It's true, and while schools are supposed to notify students' parents and give them the option to opt out, the rules do not specify when a parent is to be notified. Thus, many families are strangely left in the dark. And meanwhile, your children are being approached by courteous and respectful recruitment officers. These men will come up to your child and discuss many opportunities that will open up if they join the military. They will promise college money and signing bonuses upon their enlistment. They will speak about the many exciting places to visit if one is in the army. I know this because I have been approached by these recruiters. They are polite and they are persuasive. They entice many young students who are ignorant of the drawbacks. They don't talk to you, the parents. And here's the conspiracy. The bill that allows recruiters to do all these things is none other than No Child Left Behind, the law that is meant to ensure that we as students are getting the best education possible. Does it strike only me as odd that the primary piece of legislation regarding our education is one that allows the military to try and enlist us without our parents' knowledge? No Child Left Behind, maybe, but where are they taking us? That was Kyle reporting on the government's latest attempt to take over our lives. Now back to Jaren. Ash is an Irish band who hit it big in Europe and Japan, but are still waiting for the American mainstream. This is the song Kung Fu off of the album 1977. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Dandy Warhols have been around for a long time, but still maintain that old-school sound they grew with. That was Bohemian Like You off 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia and from the soundtrack of the movie Igby Goes Down. Next up is Lydia Mendes from Cultural Energy with her personal story on her grandfather's death. My name is Lydia Mendes. I'm 17 years old, and I'm from Alamogordo, New Mexico. I'm talking about death because it's a big part of my life. No matter what I do, it seems that I lose everybody that I love and care about. Either the death, jail, I just don't know which one's worse. It was January 6, 2005. I lost my grandfather, Eo Cordova. He was a respectable man that everyone loved. He did not only raise his kids, but his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. He worked hard to get what he had, and for all he did for us kids, I'm thankful for it. The day I lost my grandfather was the day I lost myself. I did not know that losing him would change my life for the better and how his death saved my life. If it wasn't for my grandfather, I would have never changed. I would have ended up dead or in jail the rest of my life. The day he died was a reality check to me. I was sitting in a jail cell when I needed to be home with my family that needed me. I got out for 24 hours for the funeral and it was so sad that I had to turn myself in the next day and go to jail. No matter what I needed, he was always there, no matter what, for any of us. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think of him. And as for my grandmother, I love her so much, and I honestly would not know what to do if she ended up passing away too. I've almost been gone for a year, and it sucks being away from your family and your friends. But you never know what's going to happen until it happens. And you can either live life on your feet or on your knees. It's your choice. I can't sit here and dwell on the past, but I can do something about my future. Right now, I am about to graduate high school, and I know my grandfather is proud of me. I miss him a lot. When I go home, things have changed. I'm no longer the same person I was then. I may have the same attitude at some times, but I would never forget where my family has come from, my background, but we stuck together as a family in order to survive. And I would gladly say that my grandfather is still by my side. That's all I really have to say. Thank you. This is Lydia Mendez, produced by Cultural Energy. To hear this or other youth voices, visit culturalenergy.org.
That was Lydia Mendez from Cultural Energy. Now back to Jaren. Next, we've got Offspring with The Kids Aren't Right off the CD Americana. That was Action Action, who toured with All American Rejects recently, and that was their song Photographs. In November 2005, New Mexico Civic Engagement hosted a statewide youth legislative roundtable discussion with legislators. New Mexico Civic Engagement Initiative promotes active citizenship through a unique partnership between youth and adult citizens from all walks of life. The representatives who attended this two-hour roundtable were the following. Senator Jerry Ortiz Ipino, Representative Jeanette Wallace, Representative Rick Miera, and Representative Miguel Garcia. This next piece is an excerpt from this very interesting roundtable. Good afternoon. We want to welcome you to the New Mexico Civic Engagement Legislative Roundtable. My name is Julia Sardinii. And I am Angie Serra. The purpose of our roundtable discussion is to identify key community issues that affect our youth and present those issues and a proposed action to the elected officials who have agreed to listen and provide some guidance to the youth. New Mexico Civic Engagement is committed to positive change for New Mexico by including youth in the process. NMC is also committed to have youth move from issue identification to community-based research and youth-led action. And that is why we're here today in this legislative roundtable discussion. Policymakers and elected officials who are willing to take time to listen to youth trained in civic engagement are the key ingredient in creating long-term change here in New Mexico. Therefore, we want to acknowledge the legislators who took time from their very busy schedules to be here today with us. First, we would like to introduce Representative Jeanette Wallace, District 43, representing Los Alamos and Sandoval and Santa Fe. <laughs> Representative Rick Miera, from representing District 11, Bernalillo. Representative Miguel Garcia, District 14, representing Bernalillo. <laughs> Representative Gail Chasey, District 18, representing Bernalillo. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Really. Although NMCE has worked with many communities, this afternoon, 
Five New Mexico communities are gathered here at the historic wool warehouse to participate in Youth Legislative Roundtable. The following organizations are here today and represent their respective communities. Las Vegas Youth Commission, Luna County, Team Voices representing Deming and Columbus, Sembrando Semillas, Taos County representing Taos, Mora, Peñasco, and Embudo, Southern Doña Ana County, Action for Youth representing Anthony, Sunland Park, and Chamberino, along with Young Women United representing Albuquerque. The panelists will now introduce themselves, the main challenges in their communities, and their proposed solutions that they want to present to our distinguished legislators today. Our first panelist is from Las Vegas Youth Commission. In 1998, the model for the Youth Commission was brought to Las Vegas from local elected officials that traveled to Colorado. There are 11 members in Las Vegas Youth Commission from both school districts between the ages of 12 and 17. The current initiatives include yellow ribbon suicide prevention, positive community image, and creating healthy alternatives for youth in our community. In addition, the Las Vegas Youth Commission is committed to provide opportunities for youth to bond with families, their communities, and schools. I am pleased to present Esteban Flores II. His goal is to be the first Hispanic president of the United States of America. He's a sophomore at West Las Vegas High School and plays football for the Dons. Esteban is a member of the Las Vegas Youth Commission. He is a participant of Enlace and the New Mexico Civic Engagement. Esteban likes taking part in legislative processes and is well respected by his peers. Hello, like they said, my name is Esteban Flores. Um, here is the Youth Commission, some of the members that came up with me. Um, this is Lucas Sanchez, Jen Ha, Jolene Martinez, and our advisor, Carlene Martinez. The Las Vegas Youth Commission mission statement is, we the members of the Las Vegas Youth Commission devote our time and effort initiating change in our community through the voice of our youth. Due to funding cuts, the Las Vegas Youth Commission is at risk. This is our budget page. Um, it has some of the t numbers that we are trying to get a youth center built in our hometown. The total came out to 407,500. Why, you ask? Um, because there isn't many places for youth to have a permanent place to go and stay and to get involved. Um, and that's something we lack in our community is a lot of youth to get involved and hopefully with a place to get involved and know about other programs which will be with this youth center, they will get involved in other programs and make changes and start helping the community. This youth center will have um, internet research center so the youth can use it for their educational purposes, um, along with re revealing the creative side through an art center. And the youth will have a place to just spend most of their time and to make it into a positive manner. Through this youth center, we're hoping to get a positive outlook out of it and probably start training the youth to be better citizens through this center. 
We want our ideas acknowledged. We have done many things for our community, like for Keep America Beautiful, um, picking up trash through, throughout our community. We have taken part in Legislative Day with legislatures in Las Vegas. And we also help out the mayor sometimes when it's raining on him. We also miss New Mexico as one of our advisors. And before she became Miss New Mexico, she turned us on to the Yellow Ribbon Project. And the Yellow Ribbon Project, as you all know, is a suicide prevention program. And we are one of the first counties in the state to actually get that program going. And hopefully, it will soon be statewide. Um, we are the voice of the youth in our community. Um, we go to the radio and bring up issues that we feel are important to the youth. And we ask for the public's input for them to give us back any issues that they feel that are bad to the youth or things that they see that youth are doing in a positive manner. Um, we were also recognized by our optic there in Las Vegas. That's our press. We came out on the front page. We are recognized by our community. Um, that is a uh, for one of the projects we did, um, there were some negative ads going around involving youth to drink in our community. So we decided to take it up to the city council because they were using youth to pro in the ads so they could get youth to it. So it was targeting youth. And there is an award from Governor John, well, last term's Governor Johnson. Um, there he awarded us for Trek for Trash. and. That is the city resolution. That is what says we are part of the city government. We want our, our program to help other programs throughout the state. We want to be of, like an outlet to, sh to reach out through the state and get these programs running. Um, we have issues that affect us directly and indirectly. These are some of the things that are affecting our community and we're hoping to kind of break down on some of these things with this youth center. Um, we want to plan our youth center. Um, how will we plan our youth center? Um, our original plan for the youth center was on this side, we were planning on getting a vacant building and trying to run it out of there. Um, we we're gonna put research stations in, um, game room with pool tables and some Xboxes, um, a food court, um, a large room for dances, meetings, and conferences, and an art center and youth hours, not banker hours. A lot of the things in Las Vegas um, close right away around five o'clock, and most of the youth are just roaming the streets and stuff, and usually when they roam the streets, they can be turned on to negative things, and there's no positive outlook for after those hours when the town usually goes home and go to their families and have dinner. So the youth are just out there. Um, this is the Las Vegas Youth Commission for the 2005 year. This concludes our presentation. Thank you from the Las Vegas Youth Commission, Fall 2005. Uh, I wanted to congratulate you, Esteban, on your excellent presentation. Thank you, uh, sir. You, you, one could tell that you were well prepared and have been looking forward, uh, you know, to do a really outstanding job on the presentation. Uh, anytime you're building a community center, now, in this new uh, century that we're in, it's going to call for real creative, innovative kind of uh, thinking. Because what a lot of communities are going to is not building just a center for the youth, a center for the elderly, a center for, for infants, uh, a center for you know, developmentally disabled. What they're doing is they're building multi-purpose centers. 
And the reason for that, like in your youth center, in the morning, especially during school time, nobody's gonna be in there. So you're gonna have to basically pay to keep a manager, to pay for the utilities, to pay for you know, maintenance for nobody. But if you say, say you had a, a um, jazzercise program in the morning, say you had a uh, childcare program, there's a lot of working people in Las Vegas that, that need childcare. Um, maybe they could use the morning portion of the center and then in the afternoons, evenings, you know, the youth could kind of also partake. I think you would be, uh, if you were to ab able to broaden out the, the, um, the target populations to where it would be more multi-service, but yes, it would be a youth center, but also it would involve these other components. I think you'd have a better sell, not only to your own city council, but also to the state legislature, because that's probably gonna be one of the things that will be asked is what, what is the building gonna be used in the mornings? And, you, and you're gonna say, well, we're gonna be in school, so it's not gonna be used in the mornings. <laughs> but if there is this kind of multi-purpose facility, I think you have a better sell. And, um, you know, there could be specific areas for offices, but then there could be a larger area for, uh, that's basically shared amongst the different uh, uh, entities in that, in that, in that center. But most important, Esteban, is that you mentioned that in your center you wanted to train youth to be better citizens. The way that you train youth to be better citizens is not so much telling them how to be a better citizen, but actually involving them mm -hmm. in hands-on, you know, initiatives to really work with people, help people, uh, help themselves, you know, in terms of projects and initiatives and whatever. I think that's, that's probably the most important part of how to be a good citizen is how you kind of engage, you know, in, in putting or giving resolution or solution to some of the needs in our communities. So again, Esteban, maybe a multi-purpose concept would be maybe a better sell instead of just an exclusive youth center. You know, um, again, you know, uh, just, uh, just advice in terms of what some other communities are doing statewide to kind of really pull pull the, the resources together and, and, uh, and also the monies, because it's real difficult to separate monies five ways when you can focus in on, on one facility and serve the different sectors. So good luck, Estelle. All right, thank you, sir. And we'll, for sure, we'll put all these ideas and come back. You've been listening to an excerpt from a statewide youth legislative roundtable discussion with legislators. New Mexico Civic Engagement Initiative promotes active citizenship through a unique partnership between youth and adults from all walks of life. And now it's time for more symphonic tunes. This is The Shins, a band that once upon a time originated in Albuquerque. Here is So Says I off their album Shoots Too Narrow. piece from Radio Rookies based out of the Bronx in New York by a reporter named Janice. 
Here she is talking about her childhood, growing up with a father addicted to heroin. My father's block is full of memories. When I went over there to find him, it was hot. A fire hydrant was open and kids were just splashing the plane. I just told myself, okay, let's keep it moving. It's time to go up the stairs so we can do this. Here. I'm at the door. I stood there for about a half an hour and he never showed. My mom and I don't always see eye to eye, but we do have one thing in common, and that's Poppy. He betrayed you guys too, just like he did mommy. I called my mom in the kitchen while she was cooking chicken and fries. What was his personality like? He's always been a good person. Very lovable, understanding, very attentive. Basically a kind of person that you wouldn't think one day they would actually, you know, use drugs. I can't remember when exactly it all started. What I do remember is the park we used to play in. There was this gate that was always locked. We had to climb over it to get in. I always had this scare because I hated climbing that gate. I would get laughed at because I was too heavy to push my own weight. But my daddy would come and give me a push, and I would always make it. And I loved him for that. I loved being daddy's little girl. Maybe that's why my mother didn't tell me about my dad's drug problem. I felt you never were going to believe me because your father had you brainwashed. I remember my father asked me to pee in a vitamin bottle one day. At the time, I didn't know why. I didn't really want to question him neither. But later I found out that it was because he was on drugs and he needed clean pee to prove he was drug-free. Now my brother and I try to laugh about the situation. We try to act like everything is all right. Cooking my spaghetti in the sauce when we're coming through, looking at this issue with the... Guess what? Omar goes to a military school upstate. We were having a ball in the car on his way back to school. Omar doesn't see Papa a lot now. So Papa yesterday? Yeah. And how was he doing? He was all right. You know, he was skinny, just like you said. It's like He's probably like my size or even a little bit skinnier. There are times where I don't want to be seen with him in the street. He looks crazy with his shopping cart full of cans. But that's not the only way he gets his money. He maintains all the buildings on this block. I ran into my cousin Robert when I went back to find Poppy the second time. He mops all of them. Wow, he mops all the buildings. <laughs> Maybe I should bring him for like a career day. And I can have him stand in front of class. What do you do? I mop all the buildings. Let's pray somebody's there. I just want to talk. This time, Poppy was there. While he was in the bathroom, I saw his shopping cart. These are his. Slow down. Slow down, my goodness. We got Poland Springs water. We got a Pepsi, some King Cobra beer, and a, and a square box. It's kind of stinky, so I want to walk away now. When he finally came out the bathroom, I went at it. I wasted no time. Hey, Pa. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Are you serious? Yes. But, you know, you, you're, you know, a heroin addict. That uh -huh. makes you feel good? Yes. So, you know, how do you feel when, when I see you like this? See me like what? You know, 
What what makes you want to go in and, and get cans from the garbage and, and take it to the supermarket? I mean, what makes you want to do that? Because of how I make money. But that's not the only way you can make money. No, which other way? Well, you can get clean and, you know, get other I jobs. Know, but I'm dirty. I no, I don't mean, okay, that's the wrong word, I'm sorry. The way I look, the way I dress, the shirt, the pants. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about you doing drugs and thinking it's okay. What do you mean it's okay, thinking it's okay? For, I mean, you know, you... That's how I feel. Yeah, but why you can't just go into a program? Why you got to keep doing it and keep doing it? I know it's addicting, but why you got to keep doing it? My plan was to go in there and let Papi know that I love him. And I wanted to help. But I let my anger take over instead. I visited a, a drug facility and you can do it. It's not that you can't. It's oh, that yeah, you don't want to do it. That's, that's, the be, that's a better oh, yeah, word. See, I want to see this doctor at Albert Einstein College of Medicine to help me understand how heroin addiction works. Dr. Roy Cohen told me a person has to want to stop taking drugs, to quit. That desire depends on a lot of different things. Um, it depends on, for some people, whether they've hit rock bottom. And usually hitting rock bottom means losing job, losing family, getting back an HIV positive test. I like this, you know? I like the drugs. Then you don't want to call me, I understand, you know? I mean, you know, you're supposed to love me in no matter what, you know? No matter what, you're supposed to love me, we'll be there, you know? Either you're going to be there, you're not going to be, you know? If you was healthier, trust me, I'll be here every day. But I'm not going to sit here and look I'm at you knowing that you do it, and I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm not going to stay shut because it's okay, not right. So, you know, don't you know that this can kill you? Does that even, yeah, you know? Okay, anything can kill you, Janice. Anything can kill you. He had that, yeah, whatever attitude. Finally, I was telling him the truth, and he didn't want to hear it. So it just ended. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. So now you don't want to talk to me? No. Not that I want to talk to you. I don't talk about, I don't talk about it. The drug issue is out. So that's it? That's, you ain't got that's the interview? Say. Yes. Are you mad? No, I am not. Interview is right? Today. I just stood there for a long time. After all that, like nothing happened. Papi told me he wanted to buy me some cookies. I don't have no money to buy something. But he didn't have the money. For you. I never expected him to tell me he didn't care about what he was doing. That's when I got angry. He, he, he doesn't care. And it's funny because he talks about he want to have a normal life. What kind of, what kind of normal life? I'm gonna go over there to sit down to to see him look all high. What, what? And then he thinks it's all right because there's some 70 year olds that they still do it and that they all right. They have a normal life. For him, I gotta understand what it's like. I don't have time for that, I don't. You know, my mother, she doesn't even know why I even try to talk to Poppy. I don't think that should be your first priority. I'm not making him my number one priority. I'm just taking the time to figure out how to get over his problem. My mother's father had a drinking problem and he died years ago. Now that seems like the only memory she has of him. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want this. Yeah, anything can kill you, Janice. Anything can kill you. To be the last memory of my father. I do want to remember laughing and playing with my brother when my father videotaped us. Everybody was happy. I want to remember the day Poppy's mother died when I was about six months old. My mother says he grabbed me, he hugged me so hard, and he didn't want to let me go. I don't want to let him go neither, but I don't want to go around feeling like it's my fault anymore. 
Dr. Cohen says that's what people like me have to get over. You didn't cause it. You're not responsible for it. There's nothing I can do. The problem is, I don't know if I'll ever really believe that. For WNYC, I'm Ricky Reporter, Janice. That was Janice, a reporter with Radio Rookies, based in New York. To learn more about Radio Rookies, you can go to RadioRookies.org. And here is Elliot Smith with Needle in the Hay, which came off the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack. You can go and listen or share poetry at La Siringitu Cafe, which is located at 1501 Mountain Road Northwest. It's at 8 p.m., and you can call 244-9105 for more information, or email cafe at lasiringitu.com. Ooh. There's going to be ghost tours of Old Town Albuquerque during November through March, every Friday and Saturday. For more information on that, you can call 249-7827. Tracy, have you ever climbed a mountain? I have not, have you? I climbed a mesa once, but not really the same as a mountain. I think that's pretty impressive, though. Not really. But anyway, so uh, the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science is displaying the movie Everest at their Extreme Screen Dyna Theater. That's a tongue twister. Uh, And the New Mexico Museum of Natural History and Science is located at 1801 Mountain Road Northwest. Uh, Showings of Everest are at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And you can go to nmnaturalhistory.org for more information or call 841-2802. Rwandan Refugees, A Story of Hope will um, will feature some heart-wrenching images of Rwanda. And um, do you want to tell me about that? Because I'm kind of lost. Okay, well, it, it, it's about the Rwandan refugee crisis thing, mm-hmm. which happened in 1994, about 12 years ago. And there was this big civil war uh, with the Hutus and the Tutsis. And actually, if you want to learn more about it... Um, a movie that showcases uh, this this struggle is uh, Hotel Rwanda, and it, it it just tells about Paul Rosasabagina, who's this hotel manager. And yeah, so it sounds really cool, Tracy. Can you tell us more about it? That's going to be the one of the first. This that is going to be the first event of four in a year long exhibit with the film and lecture series. And that's going to be 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it's going to be free. And that will be at University of New Mexico, Maxwell Museum of Anthropology. Yeah, how do we get in contact with them, though? Oh, I have a number here. It says 277-5963. Their web address? Yes, their is URL. www.cabq.gov slash tilde maxwell. 
Wow. <laughs> There's going to be bands still remains the red cord throwdown and a dozen fairies at the launch pad on February 5th, 2006. And uh, this is going to be an all ages concert. Ooh, I can bring my 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 little brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These tickets, you can buy the tickets at Natural Sound and Natural Sound, which is Central, was it? Yeah, it's it's Central. It's in Knob Hill in Albuquerque. In Albuquerque. Or you can buy tickets at Virtuous.com. And for those who really can't spell, Virtuous is spelled V-I-R-T-U-O-U-S and dot com. C-O-M. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Another concert that's coming up, Tracy, on February 14th, which, as you mentioned earlier, is Valentine's Day. Uh, the the bands performing will be No Use for a Name, Phoenix TX, which may be Phoenix, Texas, we don't know, uh, versus the world, pre- uh, parentheses, members of the Ataris, close parentheses, and Fair Shot. It's an all-ages show, doors open at 7 p.m., and you can receive tickets at Natural Sound or at virtuous.com. And the last concert that we're going to be telling you, and those bands are Anti-Flag, The Casualties, The Unseen, Smoke or Fire, The AKAs, and The AKAs. That's going to be an all-ages concert at the Sunshine Theater. And to buy some tickets or more information on that, it's www.ticketmaster.com. And the date for that is March 27th. Anyway... Yes, so that is the end of our calendar for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for Youth Radio. And Tracy, do you have something to say? If you have any events, you can send it to us at youthradio at org, Or go to our page hosted on the KUNM server at www.kunm.org slash youthradio. We hope you'll join us next week. I'm Tracy Tram. And I'm Evan Wilson. Good night. Thanks very much for listening to tonight's show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we hoped we did. Our music was selected by Jaron Kai. Calendar was done by Evan Molson and Tracy Tram. Kyle informed us on a conspiracy corner by the government to get us all in the military. Thanks to Radio Rookies and Cultural Energy for use of their radio stories in our show. Otiamba Umi edited the NMCE Town Hall segment. Others in the Youth Radio Collective are Mars Chalan, Luis Martinez, Paula Castillo, Philip Riley, Avikra Lucky, Chatane Tuck, Mina Lee, and Michael Harley. Our adult co-conspirators are Roberta Rael, Marcos Martinez, Paul Ingalls, Danielle Cantrell, Otiamba Umi, and Steve Emmons. I'm your host, Kyle Ferris. And I'm Lucia Martinez. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Youth Radio. Next up is Spoken Word. No, it's American Idol. Kyle!